Hey everyone, it's Johnny here. So today's video is called How to Develop a Creative Process. Now, in most businesses, we have a system and process for everything. It could be in HR, so how we onboard and how we offboard employees. It could be in sales, it could be the operations, it could be how we develop new products. But in most organizations, we don't actually have a process for creativity. And why is that? It doesn't make sense. Creativity is so important in every aspect of a business. So I'm just gonna list you a few different areas where we should be using creativity and investing in creativity as a process and as a system. So the first thing is design thinking. So how can we make our product, our service more human centric? Or how do we make it more customer centric? Now, having creative processes can mean that we can be much more focused in this process. We can be more connected with our customers, which in result should help us create something they actually want or need and sell more product and service. The, the next thing is idea generation. So I recently created a video about how to become an idea generating machine. So if you do need to come up with new ideas in the business, then obviously creativity is the catalyst for that. So we need to be investing in our, our creative process to generate lots of cool new ideas for the business. The next thing is problem solving. So I've always said that business is just a, a long list of complicated problems to be solved. Now, if we use creativity to solve these problems, often we can do it quick, more, quick, uh, more quickly, more efficiently, and actually we come up with better solutions to our problems. The next thing is new ways of working. So often if your business is 20, 30, 100 years old, we often have old ways of working, which may now be outdated. So being, being creative and having a creative process, we can look at our current systems and our processes of the way that we work and make completely new, new ones to improve productivity, improve efficiency, uh, and improve the working environment as well. The next thing is production systems. So the way that we produce our product, um, you know, it could, again, could be dated, it could be old, there could be lots of issues and problems. And having a creative pro process to solve those issues can speed up the, uh, the production process, it can um, eradicate any issues uh, along the production process. So again, creativity there is incredibly useful. The next thing is cost cutting. So if we're trying to be much leaner, if we're trying to reduce production costs, um, if we're trying to reduce employee costs, then being creative, having a creative process, we can explore new ways, new ideas of you know, becoming a much leaner company and improving that bottom line. And the last thing is creating new products and services. So as businesses, we need to keep expanding and growing and developing, improving. And if we are looking to bring new products and new services into the mix, then using creativity and creative uh, systems uh, and exercises are a great way 
of trying to come up with new ideas for potential product products that can be launched into the market. So here at Seed, over the many years, we've developed a creative process. So when we're starting a new project, or we're looking to launch new products, um, or we're working with our clients and we're trying to solve a problem, then we have a creative process in which we use. And I'm gonna run through that in a bit. But before that, I've got some key tips that I wanna talk you through. So the first, first thing is, when starting a creative process, I really recommend going tech free. It's so easy to uh, go onto Google, um, search um, on, on our phones and look for things, but actually phones and computers can be a total distraction. So if you're trying to open your mind and think of new ways, new solutions and, and new ideas, then I would say get rid of the distractions. You almost want a distraction from the distractions. So for, so for periods in, in, that, in that day, in that week, and over time, try and be tech free. You wanna try and remove all distractions. Uh, and then what we're trying to do is open our mind to new ideas. The next thing is being mindful. So mindfulness isn't just about meditation. Being mindful is just opening our mind, um, being relaxed, um, being present, allowing things to be absorbed in, um, being part of nature, just allowing some time to be present, to be open-minded, uh, and, and try and clear your thoughts, because by clearing your thoughts, you're gonna allow new ideas to pop in. Um, many years ago, I interviewed a singer called John Bramwell. He's the lead singer of a, a band called I Am Clute. And I always remember what he told me about creativity. It really resonated. So he said that he always try and, uh, tries and keeps his eyes and his mind open. And he almost said it like he keeps his mind open, um, like his, his brain is, is popping out almost, his skull's open. And in the air, there's lots and lots of ideas that are floating around, almost like little pieces of blossom floating around. And by keeping your mind open, you allow these little pieces of blossom, these ideas to land on your brain. Now, when they land there, they're not gonna do anything straight away. They're literally just gonna land there. And then over time, when you're in these kind of calm spaces and when your mind is open, you're allowed to make these, make these connections. So these are connections between things that you've seen, you've heard, you've maybe thought about, you've smelt, whatever they are. And then these connections start to form ideas. So what we're trying to say here is, is about keeping your eyes and your mind open as much as you can. And by being mindful and clearing thoughts and clearing space, you're allowing these connections to happen. The other thing within mindfulness is, is the ability to relax and also exercise. So if, if I'm exercising, if I'm on the trend, treadmill or I'm going for a run or I'm on a cycling machine or I'm swimming, these are periods of time where I'm just allowing myself to open my mind, to forget about the, the stresses and the thoughts of the day. And actually by having an open and relaxed mind, again, then it's allowing me to make these connections and allowing ideas or pieces of blossom just to, 
just to drop in. And then the other, the key, the key tip here is just listening and absorbing. So list, so talking to people, asking meaningful questions, and then just listening. Listening to what people have, have to say. If you're listening to a podcast or an audio book or a conversation, the key is just to listen and absorb information. I think listening is a great part of the creative process because you're just really taking on what people's thoughts are, their ideas. It could be uh, discussion and conversation. So just try and be like a sponge and absorb as much as you can. Again, it's like letting your, your eyes and your brain being open to absorb information. And then you're at this stage, you're just taking things in as much as you can. Okay, so this is the, the process that I work to, um, a lot of my team work to. It, it, some of it will work for you. All of it might work, work for you. It's up to you. Um, there'll be things that you'll be, you'll be able to take from it. Um, every person is different. I think every person's creativity is different. Um, the, the process that I'm going to talk through is quite an individual process. I think it can work as teams, but most of it is a personal thing. Um, there'll be points in this process that you will be able to do as a group project but there are definitely points in this that it's an individual thing. So if you are looking to incorporate a creative process um, into your business, then it's not just nine to five. It has to be incorporated into someone's lifestyle uh, and much more than sort of eight hours a day, you know, the creative process could happen at any time. It could happen at four o'clock in the morning. It could happen at one o'clock in the morning. You know, these ideas are gonna just come and go when they want to. Um, what we're doing here with this process, we're literally just opening the door so it can happen. So the first thing is creating a brief. So I'm just gonna sort of list you some things that need to be in that brief. Um, so when we start any project or we're trying to solve any problem or we've got any creative um, sort of uh, process that we want to incorporate, this is what needs to be in the brief. So the first thing is, the history and background. So what it is that what is it we're trying to do? Is it we're trying to launch a new product? Are we solving a problem? Just give a little bit of history and background. Don't make it war and peace, just a couple of paragraphs, just so everyone can get an idea of what it is that we're, we're trying to tackle here. The second thing is, what is the problem that we're trying to solve here? And be very, very clear about specifically what is the problem we're trying to solve. Um, and you can kind of just bullet point that or just again, it doesn't have to be war and peace, just a short paragraph of what the problem is. The next thing is what are the objectives? So what does success look like? What are we trying to achieve? And again, you can literally just list those objectives. Keep it short, you know, three objectives would be great. I think any more than three, it can be quite difficult. If you can, just literally one objective is amazing. The next thing is time scales. So how long have we got? Is it a day, a week, a month, a year? Um, is there actual, is it gonna be broken down into fee, um, phases or key milestones or work packages? Sort of timeline that out of start dates, um, kind of finish dates uh, and key milestone dates of things that need to be signed off or actioned at certain points. The next thing is budget. So if we are working to a budget, how much have we got to spend on this? How much are we investing into this? And where's that budget being allocated? Um, I 
think it's very key, even if it's just a, an internal project within your organization, to understand how much money is going into this. Um, and you know, it kind of keeps people on track and, it, and try and make sure that there's no overspend. And the last thing in the brief is roles and responsibilities. So who's doing what? How many different people are involved in the project? Um, who's responsible for what? Uh, and who's, you know, what actions uh, are being done by each individual person in that project. So with the brief, just make sure that everyone's read it thoroughly. I think there's always someone in the group or the team that doesn't really read it. So make sure everyone's read it. Quiz them on it if you need to. And I really recommend that you just keep going back to the brief at every single point of the project, even almost daily, just go back to the brief, read it again. Are we on track? You know, are we um, are we sticking to the brief? Are we veering off? Um, but it, it's very easy in a project to, whilst you're working, just kind of veer off in a different direction. So just going back to the brief, going back to the objectives, going back to the timescales, and just making sure that everyone is on track. So the next thing is communicating regularly with the end user. So the end user might be a, a customer. The end user might be someone who uses a, a, a particular piece of equipment or system. It might be someone's job role. Whoever the end user is, make sure that they're communicated to regularly so that they agree with the brief, the brief signed off, um, at, at key phases and action points that you're talking to them, you're making sure that you know what you're doing is being done correctly, are you on track? You, you don't want to have any surprises at the end of the project. You wanna make sure that the client or the end user is with you every step of the way, and that will definitely reduce any problems or situations going forward. So the next stage is customer profiling. Now we may have already done a lot of this at the briefing stage and as we move into the research stage I think we just need to dive a little bit deeper into the end user because if we are going to be more customer or human centric we really need to understand what the thing, the process, the product or the service, who is it for. So I'm just going to list you some of the criteria that we look at when we're profiling. The first thing is the demographic. So the demographic could be things like the, the gender, the age, um, the sex of the end user. We're trying to gather as much information as we can. We may actually want to look at salary and job roles as well if it's a, a marketing um, product or process that we're looking into. So we're just trying to gather as much area, uh, much information about the demographics. The next thing is the geographic. So where do they live? Where do they work? Where's the thing that we're creating? Where's it being used? Uh, and how is the end user going to interact with the, the product or the system that we're trying to create here? The next thing is behavior. So what do they do in the evenings? What do they do in the weekends? What does their day-to-day -day look like? We're trying to gather as much information about the behavior of that end user. The next thing is the end user's pain points. So what problem are we trying to solve here? How are we trying to be innovative? Uh, and what solution are we providing? And the last thing is tastes and preferences. So it might be they're into a certain type of music or they're into a certain type of sport 
or they like certain types of food. We're trying to really understand their tastes and their preferences of things they like and things that they don't like. We can then move into the market research stage. So this is really, really going to town on our homework here. I'm just gonna list you some of the things that you can do within the research stage. So the first thing is understanding the challenges, the market, obviously the end user, and using relevant case studies. So that's not just going onto Google and searching for things or doing focus groups. We want to apply a real mix and blended style of research. So that's potentially looking at white papers, it's reading certain types of books, references, um, speaking to a variety of different people, and obviously spending a lot of time with the end user, asking meaningful questions and gathering really, really good quantitative and qualitative research. Once we've done all our research, the key is then to create a research summary. You don't wanna provide the whole team with pages and pages of videos and videos of research. We just wanna summarize it into key learning points and key actions. Uh, and then we distribute that around the whole team and all the stakeholders and the end users of the project. So the next few phases, I actually don't know if they are phases, they're more of tips and, and things that we should be doing, mainly at this stage, but actually we should be doing it through the whole project. So the first thing is reading, so read a lot. Um, we should be reading a variety of different materials. So it could be books, um, you could be listening to audio books. Again, it could be white papers, it could be research documents. Um, but we want to be reading and absorbing because things that have been, information that's been published is normally a lot more accurate than things that you find on Wikipedia or things that you find on Google. You know, really established publishing houses that have released information. It's normally thorough, it's been checked, it's accurate. So have a real um, range of blended learning in this and use a variety of different sources for your research and for your information. Other types of media that we can use to gather information, podcasts are really, really good. Again, audio books, um, we could listen to seminars, um, there's webinars. There's so many different sources now where we can gather information. Now, obviously, it all depends on the brief. It all depends on the product, the problem that you're trying to solve here. But the, I think the key is what I'm trying to get across is that there's lots and lots of sources of information. So utilize all of them uh, and try and get a real mix um, and a range of different types of information to, to gather your research. The next thing is to think a lot. Now, I've, I've always said that thinking is working. So you want to make time just to, like I mentioned earlier, just open your mind, take time to, to think about things, mull things over, explore different ideas. Um, meditation can be a, a good way of doing this. So often in meditation, we're trying to clear our mind and be present and focus on our breathing. But actually what happens by clearing our mind we allow little kind of bits of information and ideas to drop in. Um, and this is where actually I, I come up with a lot of my ideas whilst I'm meditating. 
I kind of push them aside for a second. I go back to my meditation. But once I finish my meditation, I then write them all down. Now, lots of people have similar ways of coming up with ideas. That's why a lot of people come up with ideas in the shower, in the bath, because that's the time where you're, you're not really thinking about other things. You're thinking about washing or you're in the bath and you're just chilling and then ideas pop in. Um, I know I've heard of people that have whiteboards in their shower so they can write things down whilst they're having a shower. Now it's entirely up to you. Um, there's lots of other people that get it while they're exercising as well. So if you're running or cycling or swimming or playing sport, that's when often ideas drop in. So thinking is good. Make time for thinking. Uh, and remember, thinking is working. So allow for time in your, in your day or your diary to just think, think about stuff. The next thing is doing a lot. So try and explore. Try and do things that you wouldn't normally do. Go and see a show that you wouldn't normally go and see. Go to an exhibition. Um, go and see some friends that you haven't seen for a while. But just go out and do things because by doing things, you're taking on information. You might find a, a fresh approach to something. You might see something while you're out and about that just triggers something. Again, it's those little pieces of blossom in your brain. It's making those connections. But by seeing something or smelling something or hearing something that you wouldn't normally do in your day to day, that can actually trigger new ideas. It can trigger memories and it can make those connections that you desperately need during the creative process. So the next thing is documenting. So making notes and keeping a sketchbook. So with you at all times, so I'll show you here, this, your mobile phone. It's a great way of making notes. Um, I've just got normal notes on my iPhone, but I know there's lots of different apps you can use. There's Evernote, um, you can use Google Docs. Um, so when you're out and about, these ideas are going to drop in. You know, if you're in the gym, they're going to drop in and you need to be able to write them down because I guarantee if you don't write them down within a few minutes or an hour, you will forget it. So have something with you all the time, even if it's a notepad, it's when ideas drop in or just little, little, little pieces of words or just little things that you just need to document, make sure you have something with you that you can write them down. Now, what I normally do is I make my notes on my phone and very and daily, if not weekly, I then write them up into a, a Google Doc or a format that other people can understand and not my gibberish. Um, so make sure that you know that if you are writing notes, that you'd spend the time to formulate those notes and, and turn them into proper English and, and make them into constructive um, ideas and, and comments and, and paragraphs or whatever you've got to do with them to kind of make them real. The, net, the other thing is having a sketch pad. So with your sketch pad, if you want to create little doodles or diagrams or you, know, you want to make little flow charts, whatever it is, sometimes you need to visualize things or make your ideas with, with kind of graphics or um, illustrations. So you might want to just draw them out and, uh, and, and sketch them out in your sketch pad. So I pretty much bring a sketch pad with me. I've got one at home, I've got one in my bag, which is pretty much with me all the time. So again, notepad, sketch pad, um, have it with you all the time. Okay, so by this point in the process, you know, we've done a lot of thinking, we've done a lot of doing, we've made our notes, we've got sketches. This is the time where we need to start formulating ideas. Now, I've created a video recently, I mentioned it before, 
how to become an idea making machine. So I think this is the point where it's a, it's a, team, of, um, a team activity. This is bringing people together um, to do brain um, brainstorming, brain writing and all the different elements of creating ideas. So get everyone together, lots of caffeine, lots of food, everyone brings their ideas and this is where you can have a big idea generating um, process. Get all the ideas out, refine them and start to narrow the ideas down to really, really clear, pragmatic solutions that you can take forward. So once you've got all the ideas down and, and things, are, things are looking good and there's lots of creativity and there's lots of energy flying around, this is the time where you need to stop, reflect and refine. And I normally do this by asking lots of meaningful questions. Are we staying on brief? Are we staying on target? Are we meeting the objectives? Are we still on within the timeline? So really start to look at the ideas, reflect on them, um, pass them around to the relevant people, show them to the end user, uh, and really absorb what you're doing and making sure that you're still on track. And now we're ready. We're ready to make the thing, design it, produce it, fix it. So all those stages before this point have now led us here. And so many businesses and people forget about those first stages. They just jump straight into making things or doing things and fixing things. And without doing all those initial stages, we wouldn't have explored all the options, spoken to the end user, and come up with lots of different solutions and refine them to this point. So if we do those phases first, the, the likelihood is that when we get to this point, we're much more knowledgeable, we're much more researched, and there's a much higher possibility that we're gonna have a, a more productive and successful product. So once we've created our thing that we've been working on, it's now time to distance ourselves from it and kind of go away uh, and, and come back to it another time. And we call this let it dry. So when we come back to the project we've been working on, we can look at it with fresh eyes. We can have a look at it to see if it's met the objectives, has it provided a solution? Do we still feel excited and energized about what we're doing? And normally our gut feeling at this stage is the right feeling. So if it's worked really, really well and we're happy, great. If at this stage we're still scratching our head and we're not sure, that will probably mean that it needs a bit more work and we then need to go into the next phase, which is stop, reflect and refine. And again, it's about asking meaningful questions, show the, the product or the thing we've created to the end user, gather a bit more feedback, gather a bit more information, uh, and if it needs a bit more development work, then we, we crack on and we carry on doing what we're doing. So once the product is live, once we've kind of fixed the solution and it's working, we want to come back to it again and again and, and test things and make sure things are working and optimize things. And then that's the, the creative process. That's how we work. And I think you will have a completely different creative process. You want to nurture your own. Um, I think it was Albert Einstein said that creativity is intelligence having fun. So we need to nurture our knowledge. We need to nurture our creativity. We need to take time in our diary to allow for create creative activities. We want to try and be mindful. Um, and then go through this process and, and just see what works for you. If you do have your own creative process uh, and you want to share it with me, please direct message me um, on the platform that you're watching this. 
if you're listening to this on the podcast um, please contact me through seed creativity you can go straight to our website um, and i'd love to know more about your creative process so hopefully this has been good for you but remember be useful be kind and i'll see you soon bye bye Thank you.